and we're live. Jimbo. Um, What's happening, boys? Mate, ah. your, face, your face looks different. What's going on with Why? your face? I don't you know. You look like four flushed. Years of age. You look flushed. I, the thing is, I've done it again. I all, So I always shower right before the podcast. So I'm always dead hot and flustered. Why do you shower before the podcast? So because when I take the kids to school in the morning, I just have my hat on and all that sort of stuff. So then I come in and get doing some work. I always shower. I'd rather shower midday as opposed to first thing in the morning. Oh, no. I should get up first thing. Tank's taking a photo of you, Jim. He's up so good, I can see it, yeah. <laughs> Summer. He's and then I was walking down my lunch as well, to be fair. That is <laughs> one fucking receding airline now. Mate, you don't have to tell me. I tell you what, lad, it is. Look, it's going quite far back at that one it's, bit. It's not, it's, um, it's not, uh, it's all poofy and fluffy. It's not. It's oh, is that not, what I it think, is, yeah? I think what you, the word you're looking for is it's not happening. <laughs> oh, no, mate, it'll be gone soon. I know that. I'm fully aware of mine. I'm not hanging on to mine like you are, Tank. I know it'll be gone. How it's far back does it go, Jim, your hairline? That is a proper thick head of hair, Jimmy. It's not that going bad, on like. one side or is it going both sides? Side. No, like, it's not. It, it's not great. Like it really isn't Wait, great. That's that far back. It's in the eighties. That. <laughs> like, look, you see, it's not. I, I was in a rush. <laughs> All right, Jim. Don't worry. Like about it. Your missus put that nail on the pube thing and just. Mate, it's no problem off. here, lads. You, you won't get me on the hell. I know it's going. I know that. There's nothing you can say that I don't. You noticed, know. Tank, that uh, Jimmy's a bit cranky today. He's dead mad and now he's trying to like laugh it off like he's not, not <laughs> mad. Not but dead. Is everything all right, Jim? Look, we're all I'm... friends here. What's up? What's up? Talk Nothing, lad. Okay. I'm flying. I'm dead good at predicting scores. Never I was going to say, so let's <laughs> let's get your spreadsheets out there. Stat I've got it out. I've got, I was just updating it. That's what I was doing before, was just updating it. So, honest, Jamie. I didn't expect you to nail a few. Like you've you've nailed the actual re- the correct score. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Was I it don't three? Think you can get. I think I got three. They exactly got three right. correct scores, mate. Flying. Decent. Decent. Time. So basically, I've sorted myself for the season next. I, I think my lead you, is now. You've got you put yourself on a proper sound footing. But yeah. go on. What's the score? On the flip side, all it takes is someone to get a couple of couple of decent scores, and you're back in the you're back in the running, aren't you? Well, do you not remember me and Tank saying that we had to shave our head off? This week, it wasn't the no. end of the season. Because if that's you're the halfway case, there, Jim, you know, that's fine. So basically what you're saying, whoever loses the weekend shaves their heads. So in about a month's time, we're all going to be sat here looking like fucking eggheads. Like, so yeah, I think so. Well, no, we start with the hair, then next week's one, one eyebrow, then the other eyebrow. <laughs> Could end up looking like right said Fred. Anyway. Uh, what was the final scores then, Jimbo? You end up on 11. Good start. Go on, Jim. Flying. Tank 8. Strong. Solid. And then, and then Jimmy on 2. Ooh, Jesus. Jim. Well, a bit of vomit come up then when he said that. <laughs> Is that why you imagine? Like, I've been let down. Mad? I've been let down massively by the teams. The teams have let me down. My scores were fairly the teams consistent. teams have let you down. You picked them. Newcastle let me down. Newcastle was always going to be 1 1. Nah. I had no Did I put one on Did I get three points for that? Score. How many did we get exactly right? There was four exact scores correct. I, I got one, you got three. Mate, how can I do that in this game? But I put an accumulator on it. It's like I curse every single team that I put a bet on. It's ridiculous. Um, lads, so we had like a plan and an agenda, but basically... Then Manchester City drop an absolute, absolute bombshell. Um, I can see a little human just come in your yeah. office. Olivia, come and say hello quickly. <laughs> little human. Hello. There you go. Say hi, everyone, say hi, everyone on the podcast. Hi. <laughs> right, got me a right, get out there. now. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Olivia. Um, so, lads, yeah, I had a plan for the podcast. I'm also now eating a sweet on the podcast, so people are going to be fuming. So apologies for that. Um, Manchester City, absolute bomb has just gone off. This is another reason why Jimmy is mad. Uh, he, <laughs> he was dead mad. mad in the WhatsApp group when this news broke. No, my broke point OJ is Simpson mad. and all sorts. His head yeah. completely gone. Um, Tank, 100 breaches from Manchester City. 
Um, fair play breaches, 100 across a nine-year span. This is an investigation that has been going on for four years. This is not something that can be easily swept under the carpet by Manchester City, is it? Well, yeah. Have you seen the statements? Have yeah, you seen they're not asked, are they? It's yeah. like, we're surprised at this, um, and we invite you to have a little look at it. It's like, yeah. wow. They yeah. just don't give it. Look, I, it, for me, and I think for everyone who's got half a brain in football, this isn't a bombshell, is it? Because everyone knows and everyone knew what they'd been doing. They bought the way out of it last time. And their chairman was actually quoted live on television just saying, we've got endless amounts of money and we'll just keep taking this to the courts of law, the European courts. It's no problem for us. And after that, UEFA has probably gone, shit. And then Man City pay like this massive multi-million pound fine. So... Everyone knew they were guilty anyway, because if if you get charged for something and you're not guilty, you don't go, like, I can't remember what the fine was, but it was multi-million pound fine. You don't just hand multi-million pounds over to you. You're like, you fight it and go, well, hang on, no, that's wrong. But it just looks like I sense this time slightly different because they, they've, they've, they've come out with some damning numbers, like 100 breaches over a period, 11 breaches per season. It's It's... Damn, and I can't see a way out. And I've just read by um, that Romaro fella, I can't say his name, you know what I mean. Have a go, uh, Romario. Yeah. Him, yeah. yeah what, the, the Brazilian striker lad, yeah? What's no, your investigative know. reporter now? He's basically just said that it's point deductions, uh, transfer embargoes, and actually expulsion from the Premier League if all of these are proven right. That's Jim. serious. It it looks like, and I, reading because obviously there's a lot of news uh, around this. More is breaking all the time. It looks like they potentially cooked the books for years. There's been inappropriate play uh, payments to managers and players. They've obviously dodged financial fair play, and they've not been fully cooperative. Is the line with Premier League investigations now that? Sounds different to what Manchester City have said in their short statement today, where they said they have fully complied. They're surprised at, at, at this news. They're not very happy that they weren't given a heads up. It's just ultimately landed on their lap. But surely at this point, Jim, it does feel like, you know, there's no no smoke without fire. Like this no. is something that's been cooking up for a long time. Everybody, you know... It, Let's be honest here. The lines at Manchester City are driving more revenues from some of the global superpowers across the world is is laughable. But it's nearly like it feels like they've been cheating in plain sight. But maybe the walls are closing in a little bit on them. I mean, yeah, of course they've they've. We, everyone knows what they've been up to. But I personally have no issue with it. I've got no issue with any of it. Um, hey. You're dead mad, though. You're dead no, mad about not. something that can so, see it. In your face. So what I was saying before in the WhatsApp group is at the minute they're only charged, right? They're charged, and then they'll have to go to trial, and they've got to be proven to be to be guilty of these issues. Now, my point is whether they do it or don't, whether they have done it or haven't done it, regardless, with the might that Man City have, they will have the best lawyers possible on hand to get them the best possible result out of this. Now, whether that's a deduction in points, a fine or whatever, I don't know I don't know what the best possible out, outcome is. My point to the boys were that being guilty and being found guilty are two completely different things. So my point was the OJ being it guilty and being found guilty are the same fucking thing. <laughs> no, being <laughs> you are right, Jim. You being charged. No. You mean being no, charged? No, no, no. My point is being guilty. We all know OJ Simpson was guilty, as I was saying before. And being found guilty are two Jim, different things. It's the things. same fucking thing. What you it's about? not. So he's, he's basically saying if you get good lawyers that can If you've spin got a story, good lawyers, they can spin this yarn to however way they want. OJ Simpson only got off for that, for that murder because his lawyers um, and the yeah, opposition the lawyers. Is, he was found not guilty. Yes, but everyone he he wrote a book on how he did it afterwards. So everyone knows he did it. Everyone knows he's guilty. Everyone knows Man City are guilty. But being able to prove it and find it and 
in a court of law where it's absolute are two very different things. I, I know, what you, mean. I know what you mean, Jim, but my issue here, Tank, is, and like Jimmy's saying, I, as, well, it's not shocking, you know, these revelations, whatever you want to call them, I ultimately still don't think anything's going to happen to them. I, I just don't. don't. I, think I think they'll get a be massive like a can- fine, and I, there'll be points deducted, but it'll be everything will be suspended. What do you think happens to them, Tank? No, I think this time's different. This has been a four and a half year, like basic private internal investigation. I think this time, for them to come out and name the breaches, the amount of breaches, it's. I think this time is like, we've got you. I think they're fucked. I'm being brutally honest with you. They do. I don't think they'll get expulsion from the Premier League. I think there'll be a massive fine, uh, a punch deduction, and I think there'll be a massive transfer embargo on them as well. I really think they're not going to come out now and do, you know, this is this is breaking now. This is like big. Um, everyone knew when they got away with it last time, the whole integrity in football took a hit and I don't think they can do it again and take another hit. Do you know what kills me? That Liverpool went toe-to-toe with Manchester City for so long, having to get all these record point tallies, basically, you know, put 90 plus seasons, season after season after season. And... City were basically cooking the books. It just, I don't know, it just it, it doesn't sit comfortable with me. And then Liverpool ultimately have done all of this for one Premier League title and it was a COVID season and we couldn't even celebrate it. It just it just feels, not, not like, woe me, get the violins out. So it probably is a I bit. I think it is, woe is me. I'm a little I'm hungover, pretty, so I'm feeling pretty, sorry for myself. I'm pretty sure it is very much <laughs> but, a but woe. Do you know what I mean, me. though? It's just like, oh, for God, and now I, City has fell off a cliff. And if you think City will stop doing this, you've got another thing coming. So I was, as again, I was in the shower. I was thinking, well, what's stopping City going? A company coming to City going, right? I'll sponsor you for five hundred million, and for a four-year deal, right? And then City go, well, after that four-year deal, we'll end the contract, and then we'll invest in you for five hundred million. So we're basically paying the money back. Because Premier League can't stop anyone going, you you can't invest in businesses that are currently sponsoring you. So there'll be ways around it for them to continue to do what they are doing. That's that's the way the world is. That's why the rich always get richer. The, the world is corrupt. It's all corrupt. From football to politics, it's all oh, corrupt. He's bang on, to be fair, because, I mean, money rules at the end of the day. And this this is the slight concern, but I just I do think it feels different. I mean, you just look at the politics. You look at that fella, the uh, the, the Conservative fella, who basically owed five million in tax and then just said, oh, sorry, I forgot about that. I didn't know I had to put that in the form that I just made 28 million that year. Like, you forget that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would, yeah. And then, you know, then I look at, like, Lester Piggott, the jockey, who went to jail because he never paid 80,000 quid. So I, I know what Jimmy's saying. It's kind of like... They have a rule for themselves. And, of all of us, and this is not just, just in football. This is world. This world is world. You very rarely see someone of mega money get jailed for something that they are quite clearly done. The only reason OJ got off is because he had the best lawyers in the world at that time. Do you know what's funny? That glove never fitted him. No, he's got big hands, you know. Do you know how they did that, though? So they knew that the prosecutor, and again, you, we're going off topic. Have you been watching, you been watching <laughs> something on OJ? Mate, I read the book. I read books on this stuff, lad. So oh. right, what happened is the prosecution <laughs> were going to, they asked for OJ to stand up and try the glove on in um, in court, right? So his defence lawyers knew that. OJ was taking um, pills for arthritis that thinned his blood. So they told him to stop taking the pills so his his blood would thicken and his arthritis would swell up his hand. So his hand was like half one and a half times size of what it would normally be. So when he's tried the glove on... You're, you're like that. I'm, I'm well into this story here. Go on, keep Mate, going. So when he's tried the glove on, because his arthritis and everything is in his hands and he, he, he's not taking his medication, the glove clearly doesn't fit. Which then brought about the famous saying in, if the gloves don't fit, you've got to admit. Oh, Jimmy, she's dropping absolute knowledge bombs here, lad. I like it. Um, Tank, to finish on the City thing, I've seen an article just before we started. Uh, Pep is now odds on to leave Manchester City before the start of next season. What do you read into that? 
Well, I'm just saying, like, and I don't really like saying this, but I do, is like, I called Haaland's issue at Man City from day one of the season that the whole dynamics of a Pep Guardiola side is fucked because they've signed him. Pep Guardiola, you go to every single side what he's had, they've always had mobile, agile, technically wonderful football players, and Haaland is the complete and utter polar opposite to that. I felt sorry for Haaland. Just to, did you see the runs what he makes? The runs he makes, you're like fucking hell. And just feed him. No one even, no one even looks at him. No one looks at him. It's all tippy tappy. And I think the whole dynamics of the side is fucked. He thinks. I think they're in a similar situation as Liverpool. Now, just bear with me on that before you jump in. Is that? The last three or four seasons has fucked Manchester City. The only reason why Manchester City have not plummeted like Liverpool is because whereas like Foden's had a massive dip, they've got a player like Grealish to come in, who I think's just a, a good footballer, by the way. I don't think he's anything special. You know, the two centre half Diaz and Laporte, who never play, who played nearly every game last season, they've had massive dips and they've got decent backup to come in where Liverpool hasn't. I think going toe-to-toe with Liverpool has fucked Man City up as well. And I think that coupled with the way they're playing and the Haaland problem, and it is a problem. People are okay saying he scored 26 goals. That's sound, but they've scored less goals than this stage of the season last season. It conceded 10 more, I think it is. So there is a problem with them in the side. And that coupled with what's coming in this, with the financial fair play stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if Pep Guardiola just went thanks, but no thanks, I've had enough. Well, did you see, Jim, uh, post the match yesterday against Spurs? And I don't mean to say it, but I predicted that result uh, correctly as well. Jamie Carragher was making a similar point to Tank. And he yeah, feels he wasn't like blaming Haaland's Haaland, pick... no. He's not no, blaming not Haaland. And I've said this all along is the problem with Haaland now is you've got dipping form with Mares, Grealish, Foden, De Bruyne, and Bernardo Silva, they their numbers are significantly lower than anything else. So if he's that's, not getting that, Jimmy, ball, that's, with, that's got to do with the. I think that's going with toe to toe with Liverpool. No, I agree with you. Like it will have an effect, but everything is being lumped on Haaland because City are since they've signed him, and it's it's a narrative, just like the Darwin Nunes narrative. It's just a narrative that it's it's a stick to beat them with. Haaland has done exactly what Haaland needs to do. De Bruyne, Silva, Mares, Grealish, Foden haven't done exactly what they needed to do. And that's a problem that Pep needs to solve. And and it's got absolutely nothing to do with Haaland. He doesn't make that side worse. He, he they, there's a change in in uh tactic uh, in tactics in terms of how they play, of course, but these players should be good enough. But just like Liverpool, everyone having dip in form affects the whole team. I'm, Jimmy, I'm not saying this is a Haaland problem. No, I know. If someone I know. offered Haaland to me, I'd say you ha- he, is, he is the best number nine in world football. He's an absolute freak of nature. My point is, he is not a Pep Guardiola player. That's, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he makes Man City worse, but let's get it right. The stats will tell you that anyway, so it's not a case of who says it. The stats are the, the fact is, they've got rid of two players, dynamic, technical, little flying machines from the wide areas in Jesus and Sterling. He's probably would be on about 10 or 12 goals each this season because that's what the numbers suggest they, they score. And they've replaced them with a big, robust centre-forward who is he is a focal point. Man City have never had a number nine since Pep Guardiola's bit. Well, say Aguero, and he wasn't your, your standard number nine. Without a number nine, they've won four of the last five Premier Leagues. They ain't winning the Premier League in the current form now the way they are. And I'm not saying not that's down year. to Haaland. It's a Man City, Pep's, he is not a Pep Guardiola player. Do you know what's weird with City? When I watch them now, they just seem easier to get at. Now, I think, mm. and I think it's like with Liverpool, there's a couple of, there's like multiple things at play. I don't think they seem to control games as much. And I've always felt, even at their best, the best way to get at City is if you can be brave, press and, and have a go at them. They had a little bit of a soft underbelly. Whereas Manchester City now... They don't seem to control games as much. They certainly don't put you on a, uh, under as much pressure from the front. So I actually think teams can get at them a little bit, uh, a little bit easier now. I think, like Tank says, there's been so much energy taken out of the manager, the players, to sustain the levels. And Tank made a point a couple of podcasts ago where it's not just on game day. 
It's the intensity that the managers demand at Liverpool and City in the way that they play in training every single day. Ultimately, the core group has stayed quite similar. I know City have brought in more than Liverpool, but ultimately, and I, I think this goes to, for any walk of life, if you're hanging around the same manager for five, six, seven years and he's seeing you in the lift and he's like, come on, you're the best. You're gonna, I want you to do this for me today. I want you to do that. After a few years, you're going to be like, all right, mate. It starts to lose its effect. And I just feel like be interesting to see whether Pep has the energy to go again because I think both teams, Liverpool and City, sounds ridiculous saying they need to rebuild, but they nearly need to get version two of their side, version three of their side. It's going to take a lot of energy. I think one thing that I do want to touch on today, Tank, and, and we've had a lot of requests for us to talk about this, your mighty forest boys, you must be delighted. Look, I said, as I said to you before, boys, I, there was big change of Forest. There was lots of outgoings. There was masses of incomings. And all of Steve Cooper needed was time. Time to gel them. Time to get the way his training methods. Time to get the way he wanted to play. And don't get me wrong, it was an ugly game the other day. But they're the games. They're the big games what keep you in leagues and push you up the table. You know, I think there's so much more to come from Forrest as well. I genuinely do. Now, I, I had a pop at some Forrest fans who were calling young Brennan Johnson uh, about three months ago, just before the World Cup. And they were like, he's this, that, and the other. He needs a break. And someone actually posted the stat to me. He's had three seasons of top-flight football, Brennan Johnson. He's had League One with Lincoln, last season with Forrest, and this is his third season of top-flight football. You know, quick it rise. takes time to adapt to that. You know, that is a big rise, that, in football. I, just, I, I don't know. I, I think that Forrest, they're the informed side in the Premier League right now. They've got more points than anyone in 2023, which is phenomenal. That um, sentence alone, we just, I just got we just got a message there from one of our listeners, Toby, and he says, discuss uh, discuss Nottingham Forest and how they have got more points in 2023 than other Premier League, uh, any other Premier League team. That sentence, if we'd have said that at the start of the season, Tank, you'd have been like, what? We'd have been like we'd have been last off the podcast, but this is the thing about you. You need he needs time to get these players to gel. It's basically it's a whole not just a whole new team, it's a whole new squad. But you know what I like about him? I like how bold he is in his decisions. He wasn't happy with how it was going at half time. Bang, two substitutions on, and he made a big impact. The two lads who come on, and it takes balls to do that. Jim, what have you what have you made of the resurgence? Because watching watching the game, I have to say, every single time I watch them, I'm so impressed with Gib, Gibbs White. I think that kid, that kid has got it. He's just got that arrogance. Yeah. He kind of and don't I'll probably get pelters for this, but his style, like his kind of stop start style of dribbling, reminds me of what Grealish used to be like used before he be became like, yeah. he, he became boring and a sideways merchant under Pep. He just plays with such confidence and freedom. He's he's yeah. one of those players where he, you want to pay money to go watch him, or when he hasn't got the ball, you want the team to find him so he can go get uh, go create something. He's he's a joy to watch, isn't he? Yeah, I know. I caught, and I knew Gibbs White was a decent player when they signed him. We talked about him on this podcast. Tank was, um, you were, you were saying the same as well. He was always going to be a better player. And what they've done, what's allowed him to shine is the fact that Jesse Lingard's been injured for most of the season. So he's been able to get a run of games. But for what Forrest are doing well, that no one else is doing well, is winning games at home. Winning games against teams that are down there. Now, you take a Leeds, you take uh, a West Ham, a Wolves. They're not winning games at home against teams that are down there. Apart from Wolves, obviously got a got a result at the weekend against that. teams that are down there. Yeah, that's but, against the relegation. <laughs> <laughs> what Forrest have done really well is make the city ground a fortress and winning them games at home. Because, you know, yes, they have the most points in the in this calendar year, but the teams they played are all in and around them. Hence why they're able to leapfrog and get so far up the table, which is fantastic. It's what you need to do. And it's exactly what probably Sean Dice will do when uh, Everton, he'll get, um, he'll get Goodison Rock in, he'll make them hard to beat and they'll, they'll go and score with, with pace up front. So I'm really pleased for Cooper. I think he's done a great job. Um, it was always time. I am for they needed time for the signings to to embed. I think they'll have another challenge in the coming seasons of making sure everyone's happy, but they'll just get rid of some to the other twenty five clubs that the owner owns as well. So um, 
I think I think they'll do really, really well, and I think they'll continue as long as you can keep the city ground. The thing they need to improve on is their away form, um, and and how they do that that will that will remain to be seen. But fair play, Tank. Your prediction. He doesn't mess about as our tank with his... Uh, he might not be very good at people's names, but his predictions are pretty good. <laughs> what was it you said now? It was uh, top top eight? Something? Top ten or top eight. Is it top yeah. ten? Top yeah. ten. Okay, we'll keep an eye keep an eye on that one. Uh, but no, I think it's, it's fantastic. And like Jimmy said there, we're going to move on to Everton now because like Forrest... I mean, a couple of our listeners sent in uh, videos of the city ground rocking over the weekend, and it's unbelievable. Like, I, I, I definitely want to pay it a pay it a visit and uh, and see it in full flow because it was it was fantastic. And another place that was rocking was Goodison Park, and we've spoke at length about Lampard being a bit of a spoofer. Sean Dice was perfect for the Everton job, and look, it, it could be an element of new manager bounce. But Tank, I'll be honest. I, I text my cousin, who's an Everton fan, straight after the game and said, you can already see how well-drilled and better set up Everton are. And they were playing in a way that got the crowd on their feet. And we've always said it, when you get Goodison Park rocking, that is a horrible place for teams to go. And I thought, I, honestly, look, I say this as a Liverpool fan, it's also in Derby week as well. We've got Everton at the weekend, which I'm, I'm not looking forward to. But Everton looked like an Everton team again. And what you'll know better than, than most was Sean Dice. He did a, I think it was coaching, uh, coaches' voices. I think if, if anyone's seen it, he t- spoke about how he likes to defend the V. So basically yep. the space between the, the two posts, edge of the boxes, and how he just wants his team to shuffle across, shuffle across, stay connected, stay narrow. It was, it was textbook Dice yesterday from Everton, wasn't it? This is what he is. But what he doesn't get credit for is how, how good of a coach he is. And you could see in that game how... how it did, and bear in mind, he's only had them less than a week. Mm. But if you, the running stats were up about 5K as well or, or from the Lampard's last game to that game. So, Sean Dice, all his, everything with Sean Dice is you have to work hard, you have to have a professional attitude and you have to have a will to win and work. And if you've got that, there was a thing you put up in bed, and I'll have to, I'll screenshot it when the next that pain with Jack, and it's like it's heart, minds, and legs or something. He's got a big thing all over the chain, training grounds, all over the place. And that is a Sean, that is Sean Dice to a T. Now, we've said in this podcast so many times that Frank Lampard is the biggest bluffer in football. I'm amazed that he got the job. I was amazed that the, you know, he got the Chelsea job. And it just shows you the man who's come in who can actually coach. He's gone in and he's like, you ain't fucking fit enough. He's set an example, because by the way, he's a big imposing fucker as well. He is. So if he goes into that Everton dressing room where they're all like, I'm not being, you know, woken on here, but you've got like some of them in dresses and all of that. And they're (laughs) dancing around and fucking about. He'll go in and he'll just end that. And he's like, you're fucking here to work and you work on my terms. All of the snoods and all of the hats, bang, see you later, gone. (laughs) And it, 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 it he's banned them all. And oh, he actually, yeah, yeah. banned nudes. Uh, you've got a training shin pads, yeah. no white socks, all that. Everything's been banned. That was his first thing when he went in. He's gone in. He said, "You fucking train how you play. You don't play with snoods and no belly hats. On. That's it. Finished. Gone." Yeah, and one thing it. I heard he as well, he went in. He measured. Like... He measured the size of the training pitch, and he was like, "Why is this not the same size as Goodison?" So he got them to change the dimensions so yeah, everything could. Tells. Yeah, what do you make of it, Jim? Because obviously your your other half, uh, there's uh, there's a, a lot of blues in in your family. Yeah, yeah there's a, a happy household. Uh, I've not really seen them to be honest. Just to speak to them, but we were out we were out watching footy on Saturday, and it was on in the in the clubhouse. And you know, it got to the point where I was with an Arsenal fan, and I sent a video in Everton. We've got Arsenal fans supporting Tottenham on on the Sunday, so that's uh, how how well they've done against Arsenal. They look the better side. They look like they're going to score. And it's not similar. We've got family friends who play for Everton or do and are in and around the change room. And um, how do I not know this? I've known you for how many years? You've never told uh, me. That. Yeah. So well, I didn't really that? want to. Can't you tell me. Can't you tell us? I mean, I can. I'd rather. I'll tell you offline. I'd rather not put them in because they've told us that, or not us personally, but obviously through the family, that Lampard was awful. Like he literally spoke to four people, 
Like he wouldn't really? speak to any of the players, and whether this is him being disillusioned because he was, he's, you know, he wasn't getting. It's not in good enough, enough, lads. You can we can slice this. No, no. I, my point is, enough. my point is, is if you're a player and that's happening, if he's only speaking to Calvert Lewin, Iwobi, and and he's just you know ignoring everyone else. As a player, you're not going to go. I'm running through brick walls here, and then Dice has come in and he's. You know, unified the dressing room. He's got them to do, and the running stats obviously show. So there's two things that I would take from that. If I'm Frank Lampard, one, do I need to change my style, or two, am I really shit? So it's one or you know, because if if a team goes like that, I knew I know you get new manager bounce. I get that, but when they're running more, doing more, putting in a performance like that, who are it's telling. Isn't it's telling, it? yeah. I, 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 as a manager, I'd be, I, I, I'd be starting to question my methods as opposed to. But you could also, again, depending on how Lampard is, he could also go the other way and go, "Oh, they're all down tools for me." So it's ha- however he wants to um, reflect on on his time at Everton. But uh, fair play to them. I, I, you know, I hope they stay up. I still think they'll go down. Um, but I still, hope, I do hope they stay up. But you know, you can't argue with how they played at the weekend. Exactly as I would want a team that are struggling to play. A couple of things, Tank. Jimmy said there he still thinks Everton will go down. I don't. I actually think they'll end up mid-table. There's still half a season to go. I think. And and talking about Arsenal, you know, everyone. I've always felt that City would catch Arsenal. It, I still kind of do. I haven't. I haven't written that one off. Even though City don't look the same, it's not. It doesn't seem like a happy camp. I still. I think Arsenal. It's all well and good being top halfway through the season, but when the pressure is on, it's a, a totally different conversation. And I, I still think Arsenal are, are going to hit a rocky patch. I think they've ultimately been able to have pretty much the core side throughout the season. I know uh, Jesus has, has has been injured, but. Fundamentally, certainly in central midfield, they've been able to rely on the 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 mainstays throughout their spine. I think they'll come up against the sticky period, but I think Jimmy said there about Everton potentially going down. As I said, I think Sean Dyche is, is going to transform Everton. I want to know, Tank, from your side. You know, when a new manager comes in, you said there he's only been able to work with them for a week. What's that transition been like for you? in the past when a new manager has come in? Because I suppose you want to be careful to not overload players and completely rip up the rule book. And, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do because I suppose training time can be limited because you've got a lot of games coming thick and fast. What has that experience been like for you as a player when new managers have come in? It's difficult. Because, it, like, uh, Dave Bassett got sacked to Forrest and Big Ron Atkinson come in. And they were was like, that when he got went to the wrong dugout? Were you there then? Game was Arsenal. Then he got in the Arsenal dugout, and he actually turned and went, "How the fuck are we in the bottom three with these on the bench?" <laughs> Brilliant. He's got like Lumberg, Bearcamp, and everything sat on the bench, and he's like, "How are we in the bottom three? You fucking hell!" But yeah, it's difficult, and like you do, kind of get a bit. I Harry passed the time. The chairman sold all of the fucking best players. You know, we were decimated. We had, we 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 didn't sign much quality because we weren't allowed to. Ari's hands were completely and utterly tied. And it was kind of like a sinking ship. It was difficult, very difficult. Ron come in and he kind of like lit it up a little bit because he's a big character, Ron, and he's fucking, you know, we joined, he was joining in five sides and his big wig falling off during the games. And it kind of lifted, it did lift the mood. Do you know what I mean? It did, but we, we never had the quality to stay up. Results improved slightly, but we never had the quality to stay up. And I'll be brutally honest with you, I think Everton are in the same, exact same situation. They've sold Richarlison. They've sold Gordon, who looked phenomenal when he came on for Newcastle, by the way. Fucking hell, he lit the game up. Oh, yeah. And they've replaced him with absolutely nobody. So I think I do expect the Sean Dyke's bounce, and they'll be so difficult to beat. They'll be so well-drilled. I think the quality will keep them down. I'll be brutally honest with you. I think West Ham... West Ham showed against Newcastle. They've got quality. Wolves, Wolves won't go down. You know, Wolves just can't score goals. If they could play Liverpool every week, it'd be okay. I think there's the teams above Everton have got much stronger starting 11s and squads. I think Everton will go down. 
Can I change my mind? I think they'll actually stay up. I'm looking at the league table. I thought they were more adrift than what they are. Um, Who's going down? Leeds have got a game in hand, though. So if Leeds win their game in hand, then West Ham are above them on. on by Leeds are a fully side, lads. Leeds, Leeds are, I'm honestly, the tactics like... that this Jesse Marsh is awful. They've got such a good starting squad. Yeah. You know, they've got that Western McKenney, they've bought, you know, they've got that Ganotto, they've. Patrick Bamford, that Rutter was a good player for Hoffenheim as well. He and he's only young, twenty-two, I think. So they've got a really good starting squad, but I think Jesse Marsh isn't the man to take them. And if he's they don't sacked, change their he? manager, he's been, eh? he's been sacked. Has he been sacked well, today? Yeah, I thought he'd been sacked. Did I not see that? Yeah, he has. I'm not seeing anything. I seen he was there was talks of getting sacked. I didn't know he was being yeah, sacked. Now, bear in mind, it's a bank holiday in Ireland, and I had a rake of wine. You've been last drinking, night. no, Jamie. No, uh, Leeds sack manager. Here's us. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, he hasn't gone. Ignore me. Jesus Christ. I must have had oh, far man. too much You're time. You're the host of this as well, and this is the sort of... Sort of... Yeah, but this is the, so this is the thing, uh, just to go off piece, I was saying to you before, Bank Holiday in Ireland, Mr. says, oh, yeah, invite the, the, the friends over, shout out to, to Connor, because I know he listens to... Listens, well, he watches the podcast. Um, Lovely evening, great chat. And we're like, oh, yeah, we'll start early. And then we'll go to bed early. And I'm like, okay. It never happens. It's always the same. I went to bed, I think it was 3.40. And then I'm up, up with the kids. So let's just say I'm not as prepared as not I would like Not to. at your peak, that's fine. Not at but my peak. Not, not at my peak. But with Marsh, I think he needs to go. And then he, I wouldn't be surprised if being Bielsa. All the fans are calling for Bielsa to come back, you know. Um, especially now that he's got more at, his, um, more at his disposal in terms of players. But... If they don't get rid of him, I think I think Leeds could be in trouble. But I, I think I think you're right. I think Everton do stay up. Actually, I hope he they goes do. Down then, Jimmy. Southampton, Leicester. I think, think, mate. I think Leicester still go down. I think Leeds go. Wow. I think Leeds go. Leicester or Leicester are bad. I mean, they got a good result against Villa, but they. I tell they're you what, I've... lads. Sorry, Jim. You know, you see, just on the relegation uh, points, you see. Nathan Jones's interviews. Oh, nice. It's very uncomfortable view. It, like, is it just me? Does it just me, or does it make you feel uncomfortable watching? What's he going unused? on about? It's like he turned Luton into a world class side. Like yeah. we were the best at all this. You know, we had the best stats. Statistically, one of the best teams around in in the world. I'm sure he said in the world. He <laughs> certainly probably said in Europe. Like uh, what? It's the problem with stats, though. Sometimes you know. People hang the fucking life on a stat, and you know sometimes you're best just using your fucking eyes. If he thinks that Luton were one of the best sides in the world, and he did say that by the way, but then he, he must be on heroin or something. He's got right. to be. <laughs> he's on I, I, I would have sacked him there and then after that, like mate, you are delusional. Yeah, he's having he's a stink. He was that, shit uncomfortable. He's shit at Southampton. He went kept going back to Luton because he knew the place and he knew the players, and they did an all right job, but. You know, it's two 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 different animals, aren't they? A couple of things to finish on, that's right. So, uh, firstly, just I don't want to dwell on Liverpool because they're annoying me a little bit. And there was me saying that it was going to be all positive and just look, we'll write off this season and whatever. And like to a large degree, I am doing that. I've like I'm not, I'm not emotionally yeah. checked out, but there's two tank. I want to talk to you about two things, right? It is absolutely criminal the goals that Liverpool giveaway and for all the talk of lack of investment blah 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 you know players missing this that the Joel Matip goal that he gives away like I coach under 11s and they wouldn't do that they wouldn't let a they wouldn't let the ball bounce then if they did let the ball bounce they wouldn't just stop and look around like it is an awful goal then Joe Gomez with a second one you can clearly see that Allison has made a call and would just palm that away. He gets a, an awful header that puts it back. Like, it's just so sloppy. So for all the plans in the world, you know, all the tactics that you've been going through and all this, Liverpool gift teams goals and then they leave themselves a mountain to climb. Like, it's really poor, Tank. It, like, the, the Premier League level, elite supposedly footballers are giving away goals like this on a repeated basis. And I adore Jurgen Klopp, but I think he's been sold down the river. I think he's trying to get a tune out of players that can't give him what he wants anymore. Uh, but also, 
I think Klopp is having a really bad season. I just think it's there's so much at play for Liverpool, but it's actually hurting me to see how easy they are to play against and how soft they are. I fully agree with you about the the, the investment in Liverpool is is fucking criminal. But this this slump now has got nothing to do with the investment. This slump has not got not got to do with Liverpool not signing a couple of world class centre midfielders. For me, this slump has got more to do with Jurgen Klopp, and I can't even believe I'm going to fucking say this. And the way he's setting up his team, and his loyalty to certain players. Joe Gomez, if I was manager and my centre half, the not who was the last game where he turned his back and showed his ass? Uh, Gomez, uh, yeah. yeah, Brighton in the cup. Me, as a cutthroat coach, as it, which I was, he wouldn't even be involved in the next game because I can't, I can't have the basics like that. A centre half, my big centre half, if he can't stand there and take a ball in his chest or his face, get the fuck out of the club. You're not wanted. You can't turn your back like that. I'm not just turning your back. Bend over and fucking make yourself as small as possible. So we would not even be. Joe Gomez is not good enough for Liverpool. Let that. Let's let's put that. That's a fact. Every man in his dog knows that. He was phenomenal three or four seasons ago next to Van Dyke, and he was as good as Van Dyke at that time. But the injuries have decimated the lad. They finished them as a top, top-level player. But Jürgen Klopp keeps persisting with him. Matip has had the season from hell. I've got to be honest with you, lads. We've got no chance of beating Everton on the weekend if Matt Phillips doesn't play. Because what you're going to get from Matt Phillips, you will, he will throw he head will and kick. you with his face. He'll edit, he'll kick it, and he'll do what it says on the book. He will fucking defend. This lot is like, it's criminal how bad it is. But on the other side, Jamie, Liverpool's lost the identity where they're, they're pressing high. But what's driving me insane as I watch Liverpool, and we're not winning the ball high, and it's so fucking easy for opposition to get the ball. All you have to do against Liverpool is just lob a nice little floater ball over the top for pacey people to come in, and it's chance after chance after chance. Why the fuck can't Jürgen Klopp and his staff just say, I tell you what, it's not working. Drop off, drop off 10, 15 yards. The midfield drop off 10, 15 yards. The front three drop off and then just let, let them play through us. And then we hit them on a counter-attack. You look at uh, Spurs yesterday. Spurs were fucking camped in their own half. But how many times did they counter-attack Man City was untrue? And that's been... the For me, Klopp's had an absolute disaster. And I think he'll do well too. If, if, if he hadn't had the success he's had, he'd be sacked at most of the clubs. You said... Um, about You mentioned the world rele- relegation tank. Uh, over the uh, in WhatsApp over the weekend, and when you look at Liverpool's next ten fixtures, you, does you it make your confidence of winning? If you yeah, got the list. Uh, let me let me let me pull it up. Yeah, while whilst we sit here and dissect Liverpool, like Tank says, there, I don't know how we fix this. And Jim, the the biggest issue I have with Liverpool is they went on a, a mid season tour, right, to fix a lot of the issues because I, I feel like I've been watching the same Liverpool game all season. Like Tang says, it's one game, it's one ball through the team and, and that say we're cut open. What, what are they working on Jim in this training camp where surely you can set up a team to be tough to beat. Whereas Liverpool are so easy to play against. We just played a team there, Wolves who couldn't buy a goal. And all of a sudden we shipped in three. We got, we shipped in three to Brighton. Uh, there was another team. Who did we? Uh, I think we shipped another. Uh, it was Wolves, Brighton, it was someone else. Brentford. Brentford. Brentford would have scored twenty. Like, yeah, it's, questions do need to be asked there, Jim. And I don't. I, this is not me being Arsenal fan TV reactionary. Like, it's. I, I'm not for one second saying I want Klopp sacked or anything. If any man is going to get as hard as I do believe it's Klopp, but he just has to do it with a new set of players. You have to give him a new set of players. But he's had a bad year. The coaching staff have had a very bad season. I don't think he does get you out of it. I don't know. Before you think you, you put it on the players, right? Which it is on the players, of course it is. But could Pop, could Klopp change his the way he sets up a team? You've said it here many times. Everton have been awful all season playing a certain way. The manager comes in, changes it into a certain way, 4-4-2, defend the V, and they go and beat top of the league. They're not being able to buy a win all year. 
right? And did it by looking like a decent side. So do you take a hit on your philosophy to start getting results back? Because at the minute, you you, you two things. One, you're easy to beat. And two, you're not very compact. So... Well, three things. You're low on confidence. So if you've got a player who's low on confidence playing in a system that isn't particularly working at this exact moment, but you continue to try and play how you used to play when you were full of confidence with different personnel in that team, you're on a hide into nothing, right? So when Matip's letting it bounce, he's probably scared to go and head it. When he's turning around, he's probably scared to defend the ball because that's we've all been that low on confidence and that's through the whole team. So how do you get your confidence back? You start winning games or you start not losing games. How do you start not losing games? By being hard to beat. You can't keep playing free-flowing, high-pressing football if it isn't working. So this is where I come back to Klopp is. He needs to recognise it. At this moment, it's not working. So what else can I do different for now to get to turn that tide? Because that's what you need to do is turn the tide. And then and then you can build back onto what you, can, what you do better than everyone else. Do you know what, Tank? And I've been thinking about this last couple of weeks. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold has been absolutely hung out to dry. And... When I say this, right, he's not been great in games. He's not helped himself. I've been vocal a couple of times in his lack of desire to get back sometimes. It hurts. It's hurt me to see it. But at the same time, Trent Alexander-Arnold is Liverpool's best attacking outlet. Has been consistently. I know Mo Mo Salah scores loads of goals, but I'm talking about creating opportunities, a threat from from deeper. (coughs) Excuse me. In this system... Klopp is asking Trent to play so high up the pitch. But usually, when Liverpool have been at their best, they've had a Jordan Henderson, a Ginny Wijnaldum who do the doggies, they shuffle, they cover the space and just allow Trent to to go and play. And even then, when we were a well-oiled machine, he'd still get, a couple of times, we'd get caught out because you you literally cannot be in two places at once. Klopp is continuing to ask Trent to play in the same way without the adequate support in behind which basically makes Trent look like an absolute chancer playing right back halfway up the pitch like he's out of position, but he's doing what the manager has told him to do. Now the manager is hooking him pretty much most games, which makes him look like he's not playing well. And you can see he's visibly pissed off. I think Trent deserves a little bit better, more protection. I think Trent's been super since he came back from the World Cup. I really think mm. he has been our best player. And I'm watching games like, and as an ex fullback, and I'm watching thinking, why the fuck's he bringing him off? I don't, I don't, what irritates me with Klopp's, and this is one of the big reasons where he's got to look at himself as well as substitutions are fucking totally baffling. You bring your, as you've just said, then your most attacking threat off and replace him with a 42 year old James Milner, who's been unbelievable and he's had an unreal career, most what people could fucking never dream of. But he's not going to go and turn a game for you. And I, it, I just find the substitutions completely baffling. Klopp should have come out, in my opinion, 12 months ago when Trent was getting abused and say, I want him to play that way. If you've got a problem with how he plays, that's on me. I want him to play as basically a right winger. And if there's space in behind him, they're meant to be covered by midfield players, but he is there on my instructions. And that ends all of this fucking debate, what was going on in Sky, and he's out of this and he's doing that, because that's what the manager's telling him. I'll be honest, if a manager was asking me to play that high when I was playing, I'd be extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, You'd be like looking at the space behind you, especially, up. especially if you've got a Wilfred Zaha. You've got a Wilfred Zaha just like a coiled spring waiting to go. It's one ball yeah. in and you're goosed. Do you know, do you know what? I have always been dead against this fundamentally just because of the type of player that he is and he's been so successful. But where Liverpool are at the moment and how shite they are in midfield, I would not be against playing him as a as a double six on the right-hand side and saying, just get on the ball, still play the same passes. I think he can still operate in the same zones, to be honest, um, in terms of certainly where he picks it up from deep. But 
when he's able to play with that creativity and freedom, he has the protection of the centre-backs behind him, so he's never going to be as exposed. And it will probably help, probably solidify Liverpool a little bit in central areas because we just look so bad in midfield. And I'd be maybe saying Joe Gomez play right back or whatever and just make us a bit more solid for a bit. Keep more of a structure at the back and say to Trent, go and get on the ball and, and give us a bit of energy in midfield. Well, Trent... I've watched Trent since he was young. I've seen many, many games that he's played and, and he was the best up-and-coming centre midfield player in, in the country, like by a country man. That, that's, he is a centre midfield player. He got told by Alex Inglethorpe that there's no pathway because they had some serious players back then with your Gerrard and maybe the Alonso, I can't remember now, but they had some proper players. You know, Anderson couldn't get in the team. So to get his pathway, he, got, he moved out to right back. But I just want to touch on what Jimmy said then is when, when, you, when you're this bad, you go... You just go back to basics. You wipe Take the drawers all clean. And you go back to basics and you go, right, we're going to be fucking... Even go to a fucking 4-4-2 and just say, right, two banks of four. We don't fucking concede. We do not concede the goal. That's it. No fucking chance. And then you say to Salad Nunes, you two fucking do something. We'll stop this. You do something. Because they've not been good enough. I know Nunes is, you know, it's it's harsh for them to come in. Gakpo's rubbish, by the way. Just let's get that in. Forgot <laughs> about that. Him, he is absolutely pony. But Jamie, can I just touch on something before we move on? Or you move on, or you go yeah. to Jimmy. I've spoke to quite a lot of people. Liverpool are in a relegation fight. I truly believe that. Do you know why I believe that? Because you know, if Everton beat us on Saturday. Everton are seven points behind us. And everyone's saying that this is the worst Everton side that's ever been in Premier League history. If they beat us, the seven points behind us. You look at Liverpool's next 10 games. I can't actually look at them and go, well, we'll beat them. it was them. only Bournemouth, we'll, you said, wasn't it? Only Bournemouth, Bournemouth away you. where you go, you should fucking beat them. But I've got to be honest with you, mate. Man United at home, no. I think it's Arsenal at home, no. Man City away, no. Crystal Palace away, no. All of a sudden you go, it's a think of the other ones, Chelsea away. All of a sudden you're like... This is fucking serious. We've just been spanked 3-3-3 by Brentford Wolves and Brighton. So you look at them fixtures, mate, and you're kind of like... Tank, I'm hung over here, and you're now t- convincing me that Liverpool are getting relegated. Mate, this is not good for my mental state. <laughs> That's Jimmy, it. Imagine this season when Man City and Liverpool both go down. You're the fucking, you know, the, the neutral one here. The Look voice of reason, Jim. Is he, is he on to something? You're not. No, you're not. You'll, I think you'll get a couple of wins out of there. I think you'll probably beat United at home. I think I think the what? game will... Do you? Do you think? I don't Yeah, I, don't I, I, I think if they're going to beat anyone. Chelsea aren't great. I think you could get a result against them at the minute. They're going to take did. We got a draw against them and he fucking battered us at home. We hung on. Yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, look, as I've just said and as you said, I think I think you just need to take your medicine... Stop being so shit. Stop conceding goals. <laughs> That's and... a good start. Stop being so shit. Yeah. <laughs> nice Boys, stop being shit. Be better. <laughs> oh, mate, I started watching that the other day again. Uh, quick one, lads, before we finish. Casemiro, red card or not? Yeah. Fucking assault. GBH, lads. Strangled the kid. Fucking choked. Oh, it's like, I'm not being funny, mate. If he chokes his chicken that hard, it'll be a fucking messy wank. <laughs> well, that was me told, uh, lads. Any uh, any plans for for the week? Yeah, I'm fucking off. Jack's got Man City tomorrow. Ooh, big one, home or away? What's that? Uh, at home, I think it is. I'm going to watch. I got a horse running on the horse one as well, didn't it, lads? Yeah, yeah. nice one for that. For the shit, lad. Well, listen. Why'd you keep that one to yourself? I don't. It's just it's one of them, Jamie. Where look, the horse, right? We think he's just you think he's a super horse. We do. He's had major problems. He's seven. That's only his fourth run over over hurdles, and he bled really, really bad. Which technically we thought I was going to have to retire him. He's a super horse, but he was up ten pound in the weight, which is a massive like chunk of weight. You know, he's gone from carrying like ten stone eight to eleven stone uh, ten or what? Eleven stone six or whatever. Shakes. It's big, mate, and it was a big step up in class. Okay. But then he blew them away, so. So, uh, painter on you, Tank. I tell you, you know when it's your own horses, are you allowed to bet on them? Yeah. Fucking hell, yeah. 
course yeah. they do, lad. It's all fixed, mate. All the owners get together, and then some of it's same with the dogs. <laughs> the tank they, space here. Come feed them more. They they overfeed them on the race. They'll go right. Mine will win today. All lump on mine, and they all it's all into bread. It's all dodgy, lad. It's not telling you. Jimmy putting absolute grenades at the end of the podcast here, basically calling Tanker for uh, a horse. Not the BHL suspend me license now. Jimbo, what about you, lad? You got anything on? Leicester away tonight for the for the Archmeister, so we're going there. Uh, nice. Yeah, he played under ten Sunday, right? <laughs> which is a year above. So he's under nine. He plays under tens, um, and he was playing against Warsaw, and he. For the under nines, he's the second smallest, right? So he's a small, he's a small lad. So he's playing against the under tens, and he honestly he held his own perfectly. He was flying. He played well against. We played. Um, who do we play? Grimsby held his own. Nil nil draw. Played really well. Second game against Warsaw. Some big boys. Quite physical. It is. He's, he's very small. Nimble on his feet. He was running up the line. This one lad just came and shoulder barged him. Or you saw Archie was going through the air like this. Woo! He went, I swear to God, he went Left about the floor. mate, he went about 15 foot off the pitch. He was near the fence. He, he went fucking flying. How did he take it? Was he all right? He, no, he was he didn't he didn't he, he struggled. He did not with like that. it at all. No, no, no. I mean to, like honestly, mate, it could it probably wouldn't have fouled. It was excessive force, but you just saw him because he was running full pelt. This kid just runs across and goes, whack. He goes, whoa. To be fair though, he scored the best goal I've ever seen score. So did he go on the lad? Yeah. So did you get him a Mackey's as a treat? Uh, not yet. He had one Saturday, but he's going to have one tonight after the match. Cause it's going to be a late, uh, a late finish. But he was in. The, so he's been moaned at by this number eight, and I was, honestly, I was ready to lose my shit with this number eight. He's moaning at him. He obviously, but he's going into an older age group. He was, he was nervous. He didn't particularly want to, you know. He didn't, he didn't know anyone. And this kid number eight lost. He was moaning at Archie every time, and he's doing well. Like he might have lost it a couple of times trying to do a couple of dribbles, but he's playing nice passes, playing well. This number eight lost it every single time. Like, but every time Archie did moan, 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 mate, the missus had to stop me because I was ready to go. I, I was just about to shout, "Oh yeah!" Fucking lost it every time. Like I, I was close. Yeah, I'm fucking fucking yeah, this nine nine year old is me looking to absolutely unleash on him. But he got it. So this this eight was in the middle, right? And all Archie was man coming, and then he was one on one with a keeper but from a real tight angle. And I was like, please just square it so he doesn't moan. But he didn't. He he hit it, and it the the goals are quite smallish, but. For, for for them and it hit the stanch and like bounced in and that mate I went nuts I was like oh take that ain't you prick <laughs> mate, yeah all and all the the Warsaw subs were like literally right next to me and they're all looking at me like this like, who's it I was like good gold I won it I was like oh <laughs> the boys I love it uh I have the world the worst week ever in terms of like the most busy week in work I've got to go to London this week uh yeah Big big meetings, proper proper busy grown up stuff this week. So, uh, yeah. What days in London? What? What days in London? Uh, Thursday. Well, it's like three a.m. Up job. Fly fly in. Busy all day. Events in the evening. Fly back the Friday. So, uh, the plan is we'll try and do a podcast on Friday if you're about. Yeah, make it do our do our usual Friday predictions and all that jazz. That works for you. I'll have it all. I'll have it all ready on the spreadsheet. Spreadsheet, Jim. Go. go on, lad. Um, right, boys. We've done an hour. I enjoyed that. I am gonna go and lie on the sofa, feel sorry for myself, and be hungover uh, because that was tough going. But I enjoyed it. You made me feel better. Apart from when Tang told us we were getting relegated. So yeah. thank you for that, <laughs> lads. Uh, pleasure as always. Everybody, keep your comments coming. Uh, if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us a like, leave us a comment uh, or tell a mate about the podcast. But most importantly, thank you all for your ongoing support. And we will be back with you later on this week on the Boot Room podcast. All the best. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads.